listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Oh, hey, it's a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System, your favorite podcast. Don't correct me. You know I'm right. Uh, if you enjoy 90s, head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level where you can get access to Garbage Time, which is a bonus episode that we record after we record 90s. On this week's Garbage Time, we talk about the League of Legends walkout, esports in general. Uh, John finally saw the D&D movie, and we talk a little bit about Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. But on this, the main episode, the episode you're listening to right now, episode 287, we talk about the fact that I went to Disney World. Uh, Scott and I both saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and we talk a little bit about Ant-Man 3. It's pretty, you know, like it's a focused episode. Take that, attention deficit disorder. Enjoy the show. doing it people are listening i went to disney world (laughs) really i did why i went to the disney world uh you won the championship i won the championship what are you gonna do next i'm going to disney world uh why did i go to disney world uh i haven't been in 20 years and sarah decided to surprise me for my 40th birthday uh with tickets to the place for children but then when you go as an adult (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> it's way better. We like we each day we went with uh, with Andrew and Alex. Uh, we we counted the number of children having meltdowns, and I think the highest we got to was about ten in one day. Like each, or like all? Together? No, 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 as a group. Okay. So like, I, I'm sure there's more, and like that's us not in the kitty section, right? Like I'm sure in the ultra kitty section, it's just meltdown city <laughs> i would like to know more how old were these children and to what degree would you say the meltdown was on a scale of like tantrum to like nuclear? oh no we were we like we meltdown. counted meltdowns as meltdowns like if we seemed like kids being fussy or tantrumy we sometimes counted for like half points okay <laughs> and stuff but we were like no like a like screaming and everybody in an area can like hear and, and feeling notice. uncomfortable and like shuffling yeah, away. yeah 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 like, like screeches and stuff that was like we were like that is a meltdown like a fussy kid or like a whiny little kid were like no that's that's not there uh-huh. one of the <laughs> the best one i think was in toy story land uh the girl was just sort of like oh, i want to go to the right and it was just like on a path and they were like well we're going to the left and then she just like screeched like i want to go to the right like like she has no idea what's to the right like uh-huh. it's just a fork in a path man <laughs> like there's no way to think of it they're sort of like yeah, but like dad's dad's up there, and she just screeched about just like nothing. I'm like, man, I can imagine it's like long days, like eating candy, overtired. Like even like we were saying like the other like the the untold thing of Disney World probably like the kids probably aren't sleeping great because they're so For excited sure. to be at Disney. Just like the sheer excitement of what's happening like tomorrow. It will probably help probably keep them awake and and they're doing long days because at the crazy disney world prices i'm sure the parents are like you're you're not going back to the hotel for a nap you idiot kid today it costs so many hundreds of dollars for you <laughs> bathe yourself in the mouse I, I would i would bet hordes of similarly aged like equally or more excited children other children would have an effect as well like they probably rev each other up in a way yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about my waiting room. 
<laughs> yeah, but now, like, imagine if, like, Mickey Mouse occasionally walked into the waiting room and was like, hey, kids, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, and then Aladdin you put runs them, out. Steal- stealing isn't cool, kids. And then you put them on a roller coaster all together. <laughs> Yeah, and then they see a Chip and well, Dale come out. I mean, we we do get princesses in the waiting room every now and then, mm. and they come and they they sing "Let It Go," and then all the other kids hear the first kid in the room screaming his head off because he's terrified of needles, and they run in the background. Out. Yeah, <laughs> let it go, let it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's, yeah, have, no. you, and then, have you ever had a vomit cascade? Oh no, Scott started, and, and, and if there was, Scott would be in on it. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Scott hasn't. Scott has a queasy tummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Disney World as an adult was pretty fun. As a as a as a an adult with a reasonable amount of disposable income so we could pay for like the genie pass lightning lane stuff skip all the lines we did like 10 to 12 we did 10 to 12 rides a day and waited the most we waited was 30 minutes for any given ride hmm. so that was just like walking around chilling and just like taking in the sights and doing whatever ride you wanted and skipping all the other can ones. i ask how expensive it was what, what i don't know it was a, a oh, present was a but okay. uh i i think it's somewhere in the tune of like 200 dollars a day like, Ooh. which is bananas. Okay. Well, okay, but, you know. But you're like, it's a, it's a, an incredibly premium experience, right? Like, yeah. that's that's the thing. And, like, because, like, Sarah, when Sarah was, uh, like, floating out, when she was telling me about it, when she was, like, floating out ideas of what she was going to do, like, her first thing that she really wanted to do was to, like, take me to Germany. And she's mm-hmm. like, when you factor in, like, flights to Germany, plus all the hotel stays and all that stuff, she's like, it's... Is that com- what they're calling it these days? What, Germany? Hotel stays. Take you to Germany. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> anyway, because I've never been. It's, you know, I'm from there, uh-huh. and I've never been to there. Yeah. <clears throat> and then she was like, when you factor in all that stuff, she's like, Disney World is cheaper than that. Very different experiences, for sure. And but and it's not something like I do not understand like the people that go every year. I was like, oh yeah, that's it for me. I'm like, maybe I'll go back like a decade from now in my fifties. Uh-huh or something maybe like it's been 20 years since i've been like we i I figured out the math based it was the last family vacation trip that like uh, my mom was like we're all going as a family i think it was like my brother was just finished his separation whatever so it was like me my brother my nephew and my parents and my mom was kind of adamant about like doing a one final family trip with everybody there uh, and I remembered a particular ride, and the ride opened in 2003. So I was like, so that would have to be... That like puts it pretty clearly at exactly 20 years ago that I went last. And I feel like that kind of feels right. Like The only reason I think I would consider going in a decade instead of waiting 20 years, I don't know what my body will be like for like roller coasters at age 60. Who knows? But I was like, at 50, I'll be fine. Roller coasters. Okay, so I'm going to ask some dumb questions. Uh-huh. I've never... So there's multiple Disney places, right? Yeah, there are there's multiple... Like, like, yeah. like So Disney World is made up of technically four theme parks and two water parks. Okay. We did not do the water parks. We only did the theme parks. They are Hollywood Studios, which was uh-huh. formerly MGM Studios, the Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Epcot. And Epcot itself is kind of like two theme parks because Epcot is split into kind of like... 
the the science pavilions, air quotes, sciency pavilions, okay. and then the international pavilions, which is like where there aren't really any rides, but there's like the food and and gift shops and cultures of like all the different like a bunch of different countries. Which is also okay. very cool because like everybody there is like actually like everybody employed in each little pavilion is like from the country. So like when you go to like France, it's like everybody's from France, and like if you get like little pastries, it's like French pastry chefs making you your little pastries. So. Um, I can I kind of meant more between the different Disney worlds. Like there's di- like there's different Disneyland. Oh, locations, so like right? Disneyland is this the premium one, or are there other ones that? Are- well, the, the, yeah, this is this is the big one. Okay. Like Disney World in Florida is the one where they they bought a gazillion million acres of land, a Florida swamp land. They like terraformed the whole thing and yeah, yeah, all... it's a little nation state within a thing that Ron DeSantis is going to war to take back over. Unless Correct. I misunderstand current politics. something like that. Yeah, which is bananas. I think we talked about that a little bit on the yeah, show. Yeah. It's it doesn't make any sense to me. Like Disney World does something like eighty million guests a year and all that stuff. And and I think you asked the question. Uh, a couple weeks ago, if you're like, what does it really do for the rest of Florida? And I'm like, the answer is a lot. Like, you get to Florida, and yeah. Disney is freaking everywhere. Every hotel in Orlando, like, all that stuff. There's all these weird off-brand, like, there's these, like, places called, like, Fun Spot, which are just these, like, just, like, roller coasters and Ferris wheel things that are, like, literally all over the place. Because so many people are going to go for, like, a week, but could only afford, like, a day or two at Disney. So, hmm. like, the rest of Florida is, like... A carnival. The, yeah, the rest of Florida is a carnival sucking out money from, like, the people who are probably coming for Disney but can't afford to, like, stay a week at Disney because that's, like, that's insane. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's really delightfully William Gibson, you know? Like, D- Disney, the claim is more or less that they should be running the government where they are. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> And what's amazing, like, how do you choose between Disney and the, and the Florida government? Well, and that, like, and I mean, well, and I've, I've, incredible as an, as an institution. Right. And I was reading this also about, um, like, Biden is, or like, Biden's camp is, like, hoping. Because, like, if you look at the last, like, 20 years worth of elections. Okay. Uh, like, Florida has never been won by more than, like, a handful of percents. Right? Like, like Trump had, like, a quote-unquote, like, like one of the biggest victories Florida ever had, and they won, like, 53 to 47, hmm. you know? And that was, like, a big margin. Like, famously, obviously, like, uh, Bush and Gore was, like, down to, like, a couple hundred votes. In right, a... Jeb, Jeb was in charge. I don't think it actually was. Sure, but I'm just saying, but it's still, like, I'm sure it was, like, for there to have been, like, possible shenanigans, it had to have been close, right? Like, sure. like where, where did it tip? I We will obviously never know, and the, the governor just gave it to, you know his brother or whatever it was but like if you you look at like all the votes and like when it went to obama obama won with like like 51 49 and stuff so biden is like the the biden camp is apparently like banking on like this desantis kerfuffle being like this could swing florida blue because there's a lot of people who when they're down to like choosing between like the republican government and like Disney, like Disney is like apple pie and baseball to a lot of Americans, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if they're like, oh, the Republicans hate Disney, <laughs> it's, yeah, which I think would be very funny. Like that, I think that would be like a ridiculous fumble on the part of the Republicans to, I mean, and, and it seems to be like that's, like I don't think DeSantis is going to get the nomination probably mm-hmm. based, based on. said that about Trump. But I feel that Trump will get the nomination again. He's polling better, right? Like, they're going to go with the, like, the proven horse, other than the guy who seems to be, like, fumbling a battle against Disney. <laughs> like, I don't know 
about that. I, I'm I'm really curious because I thought Trump pissed off enough people in the Republican camp that he just doesn't have a hope in hell. I th- you know? my take at least. They got I, burned Google, so Google, Google was was forwarding me all kinds of Florida news, obviously while I was down there. Sure. And I think it's my take is that if DeSantis like fared better in the Disney stuff, he would have probably gotten the full like weight of the Republicans behind him because it would have been hmm. like a a <clears throat> like a proof of concept, right? Like you can sure, you can sure. go to like Disney is nearly synonymous with like a mainstream media outlet and whatever else like even though they're not necessarily media in the news out like thing like if you but if you can go to bank with like i mean they are they're abc right like yeah. abc news is also yeah is, is a hold on hold on hold on honest Fox. question honest well, question no. you have to go to war against either disney or the democratic party of america you're right <laughs> i honestly i'm not sure which one is more scary the yeah. Democratic or a Republican? Even the, the Democrats, man. I mean, Bond I think Disney's going to be more organized. Dis- and aren't the lawyers? <laughs> they got way more lawyers. Mm-hmm. They do, and they're they're ready to use them. And yeah. and I think they're going to be like a unified front, right? Which is always what rips apart the Democrats is that they there's a lot of not to say there isn't infighting at Disney, but like you're coming after and like on top of that too like also like one of the reasons why this is such a big deal is that like Disney is still like losing money like crazy on Disney Plus, right? Like that's that's really? still the thing. Yeah. Like their their stocks are like they're down from like almost $200 stocks to like $90 stocks over the last like couple of years. They are huh. losing a tremendous amount of money as they try to like enter the streaming space cuz they probably mistimed it. But a lot of like financial stuff and whatever is saying like Disney knows when to actually cut loose from things like this happened in the 90s when they were sort of like when their movie line was sinking and all that. But one of the reasons why this is such a big deal is that like their parks division has like never not been profitable. Like so they're obviously going to like scrap for it, you know? Like they're going to like be like hey, with this is our guaranteed money every time. Right. Although I guess except for the um Oh, what do they call it? The Star Wars thing. You guys heard about this? I did. The Star Wars Experience Hotel. That's like a recreation of a cantina or whatever that has yeah. been bombing miserably. Yeah. Yeah. So I will. T- so there's two things. I have think things to say about this. I forget what it's called. Like so, there's a whole section of Hollywood Studios called like Galaxy's Edge, which okay. is probably the like the most immersive theme parky thing I've ever seen. Uh, Andrew, who's been said that like it compares to the Harry Potter stuff that they've done in Universal, but like usually when you're at Disney, you're kind of like the ride is immersive, but like not necessarily the part that you're walking around in. Like when you go to Galaxy's Edge, it's like supposed to be like Batu, which is like some Star Wars planet, and it is everybody's in like every person who works there is in costume. They're all kind of in character. Like you can't look around and see other parts of the park because there's a lot of like forced perspective, so it looks like there's like mountains in the background and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, you feel like you are in another place so Mm -hmm. they tried to extend that experience to this galactic cruiser thing and apparently it's just a complete complete shit show like i was like reading some like reddit posts and all that stuff like so this is so for the i think it's five thousand or six thousand dollars american for two nights okay well yeah there's the first problem spicy meatball well for so, but it's, it's a tw- amazing, it's supposed to be like a twenty four seven experience, right? Yeah. Like you are everybody on the ship that you're on is in character. Like 
you get to do certain things like in the Galaxy's Edge part, like before it opens, where everybody is also in character. You have like missions to complete. It's like a full like LARP thing. You're you're at, you're in your hotel room at ten mm-hmm. o'clock at night, and there's like a like the, it rumbles and the whole room shakes, and then there's a bang on the door, and the fucking like Han Solo animator runs in and is like, "We're being attacked by whatever." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You can it's come all if stuff. you want to. You don't have to. You know, whatever. You go, you run, and then you have to like shoot down yeah. enemy when fighters. It's, when it's working, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> but apparently just like the 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 stuff like like one person was saying is like they're like first of all they included in that price tag they give you a full cosplay outfit like like they, you are given a costume but then like mm-hmm. a lot of people like some of the reviews are like yeah but not everybody wears them and I'm like man that's kind of a bummer right like they're they're giving you the Star Wars clothes and you're paying for the two day Star Wars experience just dress in the Star Wars clothes don't be like yeah. hey guys I'm wearing my Friggin' Expo's hat. <laughs> like, I was just like, like, think about how much of a bummer it would be at Domain for there just to be a guy in jeans and t shirt to be like, I'm not wearing my outfit, it's too hot. You'd be like, yeah, that sucks. Now imagine you paid $6,000. Somebody for that. do that? Who was it? Who did that? I don't know. I never went to Domain. <laughs> yeah. No, no anyway, one I know would But yeah. I'm, sure, I, I'm sure they, they, they um, I, as far as I know from Domain, they don't even let you play unless you're in character. Like, they'll, they have, like, they'll allow, like, basic tunic and pants you don't need to be yeah. like to the nines but you need you need something that passes you know? no baseball caps flying around for sure oh yeah like i'm ne- like <clears throat> i'm saying you don't need to go all out or whatever but something something appropriate i'm like yeah just wear your wear a pair of coveralls or whatever like wear a jumpsuit and they apparently like i said they 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 give you these things they like you give you your sizes all right, all right, all give right. you the so, costume but nobody's going to this thing anyway well, right. no, Isn't but apparently, but apparently, hemorrhaging a, a, money and yeah, some people and but the people that are going, so there's apparently all kinds of crap. Like, so apparently, it's a bunch of junior, uh, like hospitality people that are working there. So it's like not the best of the best. There's like long waits. Apparently, another sign of like just like Disney being a bit of a, a bit of like a clusterfuck. So there's like reports that the Imagineering team behind Galactic Cruiser didn't actually consult with the like Disney Cruise people and uh, and like so there's like it's like in terms of like even like onboarding and stuff like the lo- big lineup to get Ooh. checked in and they were like you have a division that does this for real just mm-hmm. i'm not saying you need to be have like everything but like you have the data procedures and books and yeah exactly like you have the SOPs. data of how of how this works on disney cruises you're operating a make-believe star wars cruise just treat it like a cruise you have like don't you don't have to figure this one out on the job because like apparently the check-in process is like a nightmare like uh and just even the room size they're like yeah they're like you want to be immersive but you're like the rooms are really tiny and they have like tiny little shitty bathrooms and all that stuff and you're like but it's immersive and you're like yeah but i'm also paying six thousand dollars <laughs> like okay, okay. so is the, is the problem that it's a disaster on every front like, kind of yeah like yeah. reports i've heard is that they're like when it's working like a, like a lot of people like when there was a couple like dedicated weekends where there was like big groups that went like if it was like if you could get together a group of like x number of people people were like it's great but if you just go like you and your girlfriend or whatever and you're gonna kind of not deal with certain things working you know, like your data pad or whatever doesn't work, or the Wi-Fi is shoddy, and like they're like it's apparently just like a shit show on every single front on for most what you most people, and at that price point, that's like not acceptable, right? right? Like <clears throat> anyway, so cool concept though. I approve sure. of the like 
the idea. I just don't think that. I think that like if you're charging that much money, like it has to be like it has to be a perfect experience. Yeah, like it, it sounds like it needs to be smaller. Apparently, it's not that big. That's like the messed up part. People are like, there's really not that many people. It's just like I don't think because again, apparently, a big part of it is it was like it's the rides division that made a hotel experience, and a lot of people are kind of pointing at that like logistically Ooh. is why everything is kind of coming apart it's like mm. this is an, a division that like for the last 50 years has made like five to ten minutes worth of experiences and not like a weekend's worth of experience so which is that's a lot of people are like did you did you actually go to any of this stuff while you were there or is this like a separate uh, uh well i did a lot of the stuff that was like in batu like i i didn't we didn't do any of the missions or whatever because you can access some of them while you're there like when you go to it but i was like man that's fine i did build the droid I built a droid. Mm. It's the best. I built a BB a BB eight style droid, but it's like in custom colors and stuff. And it's a remote control, and it, and it drives around, and the little head floats on the ball with magnets, mm-hmm. and it spins and it beeps and it boops. Huh. And it's very cool. <clears throat> it's really neat. <laughs> the droid is super <laughs> cool. If you're like um, talking, <laughs> talking a lot around it, it'll like beep and boop while you're like a lot of people are talking around it. It just huh. knows. Like, Sarah was like, you're pressing the button. I'm like, the controller's literally on the table. It's just having a conversation and just jumping in. It has, like, Bluetooth connectivity, so Andrew built one also. When they get close, they beep and boop at each other. Shoot. <clears throat> There's, when you're wearing it in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, like, there's various things. Like, if you walk by a droid, the, like, the installation droid will beep and boop at your droid. Uh-huh. And your droid's like, and just, like, activates and kind of spins around and whatever. Like, which is all very cool. I was like, this is, I was like, that is, I was like, more of that from, I guess, whatever the Galactic Star Cruiser is. Because all that is, like, super neat and super fun and kind of, like, feels like you did an immersive thing. And now, now I have a fun little road control droid. Now, Keith, you, you, you built a robot and you brought it to a fully immersive theme park that right. people online are saying is glitchy. Did you not see all like all the all the Michael Crichton future? No, worlds? because see, I called my robot my baby, and I talked to it like my baby. So it was going to be the robot that helped me out in the Rise of the Machines. Okay, but someone else was going to try to sleep with one of those droids, and then Don't it know. was going to gain sentience and and resent it, and like Westworld you. Maybe. But I was I was counting on my droid to be my like savior out of it. Where it's like this this guy has shown me like love and compassion and treats me like a child. And now I know what you're thinking. Why would you spend so much money on a droid? You're a grown up. And I was like, that's a lot of money. Literally nobody listening. (laughs) I I was not thinking that at all. Not one person. Not. (laughs) But I was like, it's gonna pay for not pay for itself. But I was like, I will get hours of entertainment tormenting my dog with this robot. And so far, boy. It's already paying off. She loves it uh-huh. so much. It's like the crab, but instead it's the robot. And the robot beeps and spins around. And she's like, eee! And just like runs at it. And just goes nuts. So, worth it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then also, so for 30 years, for 30 years of my life, you guys, uh, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror has been my favorite ride of all time. Not just like my favorite Disney ride. It's been the favorite, my favorite ride experience. Ever and I did do it again this year, and it is still a top ride for me. 
if you guys are not familiar with the ride. I am not. What is what is this? <clears throat> okay, so it's like the the facade of it looks like an old timey like nineteen. What's like the, what's the golden age of Hollywood? Thirties, forties? I don't know. What's the golden age? Twenties? Roaring twenties? Yeah. 30s? Like when? Anyway, so it's like the golden age of Hollywood. They built this like grand hotel, and uh, on the opening night. Like lightning struck the hotel, and the elevator shafts that were on the outside vanished into the twilight zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you then go into this hotel. The whole lineup is like amazing. Like it's just like a dust, dank, like covered, like rotting hotel. And then the guy from the twilight zone comes on the screen and like explains the whole story. And he's is like, "Is it You're... the guy from the OG Black and White?" Yeah, yeah. They did uh, like they they deep fake Rod him. Serling. Yeah, yeah. So Rod it's Rod Serling. Serling explaining all of this and. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it's like it's deep faked, so you know he's actually telling like a new Twilight Zone story, even though mm-hmm. that's impossible. Um, and then they're like, "You're gonna go up the maintenance elevator to get to the height," and like the the setup is to sort of like so you can like see the same thing because the maintenance elevator goes up the back. So you're like strapped into the maintenance elevator, it goes open, and then like the star field of Twilight Zone, like, and then you like come out of the maintenance elevator into the hall, and you're like sort of like floating through the hall. And then you realize that you must be, like, in the exact spot of where the other elevators were. And then you fall, like, 13 stories. <laughs> so, And you go up and down. It, like, jacks you up and down and whatever else. It's also a very cool experience because you're not just, like, it, like, it's pulling you down. So, like, you are, like, floating up in your seat. <laughs> like, you, you, you get lift off the seat as you go down. Very fun. And like I said, I'm a big fan of it just because it's like perfectly skinned and themed to Twilight Zone with the music and the story and and all that. Uh, And then this trip to Disney World, a ride usurped... This has been my favorite ride since I was 10 years old, you guys. Uh (laughs) And a ride usurped it as my favorite ride ever. And it was Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Oh, really? Really. It's so good. (laughs) It's, like, an unbelievably good ride. Like, it's a good ride, and it's also, again, like, perfectly themed and skinned to the Guardians. Like, all the actors are portraying themselves. Like, it starts off, and it's, like, the the setup is, like, the Zandarians uh, have made a deal to, like, bring some visitors from Earth to Xandar to witness the, like, amazing of Xandar. And there's, like, the cosmic generator or whatever that's going to let them, like, beam humans across and all that stuff. And it's, like, they've obviously, like chosen Epcot as the center of, like, whatever to do this for. Star-Lord comes out, and it's just sort of like, oh, I love Epcot. My favorite rides were, like, this and this and this. He's just naming rides that are, like, all closed down, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Which is, like, great. All of them are there. And then uh, right when you're getting ready, there's a whole thing. Glenn Close comes out, and she, like, beams you up into orbit, which is kind of still part of the waiting, but you kind of, like, feel this, like, movement in a room. And then you get up there, and you're getting ready for the thing, and uh, a big celestial shows up. I don't know. Eslon? Eslon? I don't know. Yeah. Is that a celestial? They all have dumb names. Doesn't matter. Unless it's Galactus. Huh? Unless it's Galactus. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. It's not Galactus. So anyway, he's just like... He's like Terrans and Zandarians and basically like bipedal life forms are just like a scourge to the universe and the Zendarian cosmic generator or whatever, which is going to use the power is actually enough force to like reverse the big bang. So he's going to rip open a wormhole and stop the big bang from happening and just like reset the entire universe. Twist. 
whatever. And then uh, Rocket's like, wait a second. So it's like, he has the cosmic generator, we have the portals, whatever else like that. So because you're on like a teeny tiny little like cruiser that was supposed to take you to Xandar, he's like, we can like shoot you in through the wormhole. And all you got to do is like sit tight for like a little bit because you'll be able to keep the wormhole open long enough for us to figure out how to get the Milano into there. Right? So he's like, so we can like beam you in, that'll keep the hole open, and then we can like ping you and then get the Milano in there, and then maybe we can do something about resetting the universe. Okay. I'm still, I'm like, whatever. It's a storyline, dude. For a roller coaster, there's a story, and there are stakes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, so like you get into the little shuttle, and they're like, oh man, you're going to definitely die. And he's like, you said this was a sure thing. And he's like, yeah, that was like just to convince them to get on the thing. And now they're strapped in. It doesn't matter. Like, anyway. Uh-huh. All, all great Guardian style antics, and then like the a, a sing like a single amazing moment happens where you're just like you're sitting there and you're in this tube and you see like the lights coming forward, and like Rock is just sort of like whatever he's like whatever happens now he's like it's just gonna happen. And they're like hit the music, let's go, and then Gloria Estefan and Miami Sound Machine start blasting, mm-hmm. and then you take off backwards, mm-hmm. which I was <laughs> like is. <laughs> See? Exactly. That was yeah. my reaction on the ride. I'm like, this is perfect. Like, it's really, like, obviously set up to be like, you are definitely going that way. And they were like, were they supposed to go backwards? And they were like, no. And just like, and then the, I guess the gimmick of the ride is revealed that it's a roller coaster, but your individual cart kind of, like, spins and the direction of it changes. So it can, like, tilt on certain, like, corkscrews to, like, it's not spinning like a teacup ride, because that would be mm-hmm. awful. It's like, spinning in a very deliberate and pointed way so sometimes when you go over ridges rises you'll like tilt over backwards sometimes you're going sideways as you're like corkscrewing down there's like a part where you're sort of slowly rotating the opposite way which is like a very very weird sensation to be like slowly rotating in the opposite direction of the direction you're corkscrewing down on a roller coaster i was like is like an unusual experience and uh, and yeah, and I was like, that was an amazing. It would have been an amazing roller coaster just as a roller coaster. It would have been like a technological feat. And then with all of the like Guardians of the Galaxy all over it, I was like super well themed. And then with like, come on, everybody, baby, do that conga. Like just like blasting as you're as you're going through. I was like, this is tonally perfect, and it's a good like ride. Like it could have just been a roller coaster in the open air, and I would have been like, that's a very good roller coaster. But then with all of the like disney marvel magic all over it i was like this is a fantastic ride a plus guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind that's a good segue i know because we both saw guardians of the galaxy volume three whoa brand new movie exciting uh yeah I, i went to go see a movie in the theater for like the first time in years in a without my kid in a spell yeah and uh, yeah, Marissa and I want to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. It was the most James Gunn movie, movie that he could have made for the Marvel Universe. I think uh, I would agree. There was a lot of uh, splattery, gooey violence. Uh-huh. The first f bomb in the <laughs> MCU. Yep, and <laughs> so pointless. It's so pointless. It's, like, it's great. At the dumbest scene. He got he got special permission to drop an F bomb, the first MCU F bomb officially. And it's they're on Counter Earth, which is a world just like Earth, except the people are, you know, animals. 
animal. Uh, so there's like a normal car, and Nebula can't figure out how to like unlock the car. So it's like push the button and open and pull the handle. And they're just like they're arguing about it. And Star Lord's just like, just get in the fucking car. <laughs> and that's and that's what they use their f bomb for. Yeah. Wow. 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 I was like a plus. It's like it's so much better that it's a pointless, pointless use of it. It's not like a big scene or anything. It's just like a little bit of bickering over over like a 1982 Ford Taurus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The 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 bio the the Reddit headline that spoke to me the most about this was I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy three, hoping for some spacefaring like superhero fun, and not expected to be reminded of the worst parts of Watership Down. Are yeah. There, are there rabbit people who drown? Pretty much. Wow. <laughs> there, there are. All right. So it's... we're we're gonna try to stay spoiler free, but there is an awful lot of animal violence. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like to the point where yeah. I think there should there should genuinely be like a trigger warning, like a, a prominent trigger warning, because it is not okay. For kids to see what happens in this movie at a, from a certain age, like because it's mm-hmm. it is like cruelty to cute animals. Happens. What is the what's the age limit categorization just, on this thing? Do they do that anymore? PG, it's PG thirteen, and but Archer got really kind of jealous that that we went to go see it, and we're like, no, kids, like I promise you, you don't want to see this one. Yeah, yeah. but like, but like, if you think like the other Guardians movies are like fine for kids. So like you can understand why a kid would be like, "Oh, I'll just bring my kid to the third one. It's fine. He's seen the other ones." There were there were two little kids in my audience. Oh no! In the crowd with us, like like seven and five, and they came out kind of giggling and throwing popcorn at each other, and I worried for them. <laughs> I mean, maybe they forgot. Like, <laughs> like oh, there's I mean, like a dance party really at long, the end but... and stuff. Like it, that 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 crap might like come back and slap you in the face at bedtime. Right, like, wait, why did? Yeah, what? Floor, Teeth's rocket, let's go, go now! And you're like, oh no, yeah. So the, it deals with Rocket's backstory, okay. and it's basically the High Evolutionary is the main bad guy, and he's like trying to perfect like rapidly evolving uh, animals. And Isn't Rock- Rocket's story kind of that he lives four years or two years or something, and he, he that's it. You're a raccoon, you don't get to live that long. I think they've kind of dealt with that no. in the comics. Okay, he's a vibe. He's I, I don't know anything. Anyway, so and so like Rocket is kind of from the like one of the trial batches, and like I guess the the special thing about Rocket is he's like the first creature that kind of has shown like I guess like true creativity. Huh. Like is like like high evolutionary sort of like prevents presents him with a problem, and Rocket could find a solution that the high evolutionary didn't know. So he's like he's showing like true superior intellect, and it's like the only one of his creations that like has ever done that. So he's kind of obsessed with Rocket. But yeah, the whole film is kind of has a lot of flashbacks to you know the the, the time in the experimental lab, and it's like you, and, and like just leans John, into just, it. Just just imagine the the first act of RoboCop mm-hmm. if it was done to cute animals. Yeah. Like a bunny rabbit and an otter and a raccoon, like, oh yeah, and and they're just like, we just want yeah. to see the sky and stuff, like, 
like it, it's like it, it, it and it like marches towards it's like inevitable and still tragic conclusion you know like uh-huh. like it's as soon as that stuff starts, and you're like, "How come we haven't seen these other characters?" Oh, oh, James Gunn is not oh, gonna yeah. not gonna be nice to these guys. <laughs> That's... Yeah, this this is not gonna go well. Uh oh. And I, I like, and, I, I, oh, I cheered up a handful of times. Literally every every single rocket uh, flashback had Sarah like tearing up constantly, and then in the like in the ultimate final flashback moment like she was bawling she was like I do not like she's like I not to say that she was like I thought it was a good film it was great and like like pulled on the heartstrings mm-hmm. in exactly like are, are you manipulated by the film sure but like it did it really well yeah. <laughs> you know like it, it did this it set up these characters introduced them and you like in like like I said it, it's it's telegraphed what's gonna happen and despite that like Sarah's watched a lot of horror and all that stuff, and it's just nope. You make it happen to cute, fu- fuzzy little bunnies who just want to see the sky, and you're like, oh man, this okay. is. Okay, was it? Is this like the end of a trilogy? Or is it, is yeah. There oh, like very a, much yeah. so. Very much so. Like, well, I mean, very well, Gunn is so. obviously departed. Like, he's going on right. to run the DCU. Uh, Batista has said that uh, he's not going to be returning to the character. Uh, yeah. I think later specified that he would consider a cameo, but he's like, he's like the story of Drax is done. He's like, I mm-hmm. the the ending that he has. He's like, I wouldn't want to ruin that. I don't think Drax is going to go on another adventure. Uh, Zoe Saldana. And he's 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 also said like, I'm in my fifties now, and getting into Drax shape is awful. Yeah, if you'll notice, he's wearing like, a shirt in this one the whole time. That that was for um, makeup. Yeah, too faster makeup, he not, and he's not he shredded be... anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, Zoe Saldana, uh, who plays Gamora, has also said she's done with it. She was like, that was Gamora's send-off. What's her name, who plays Mantis, is saying that, like, Mm. not necessarily that she's, like, done, done, but she's like, I'm pretty happy with it is. Like, a lot of, like, especially with, like, Zoe Saldana's in her 40s, Mantis is in her late 30s, Batista's in his 50s. Like, a lot of them are like, these movies take up a ton of time, and if you're like, if you want to do other roles, you, not to say can't, but, like, it's hard <laughs> you know like sure sure i think i guess the only one who's definitely coming back based on the post credits scene or not the post credit scene but the post credits tag is like star lord will return so i think star lord is not done he's he's getting his own thing yeah, yeah. Mm. and and there's i guess the the guardians a guardians of the galaxy will new with a new roster i think will be something that they're going to probably do also yeah. but like this this edition of them is done and multiple actors have said that they're like more or less done with the characters so right. keith what did you think and how much did you love cosmo i love cosmo so much <laughs> you take like, it back a dog i person. am a good dog someone calls her a bad dog in the film and then he's like she like she just obsesses about like him taking like cosmo so cosmo for the listener is uh one of the dogs that the russians sent up into space and in the Marvel Universe, uh, the the space capsule like passed through a singularity, so the dog is like immortal and with like tremendous telekinetic powers. And it's just like, just this little like feature. I mean, it's a he in the comics, it's a she in the movies, mm-hmm. and just has like, was and it's like wild like telekinetic powers in the comics also. Like, yeah. so and and kind of touches on it here, like holding the two ships together, 
as they do the thing mm-hmm. is like is a, a pretty like high level high power level feat for the MCU, which is like sort of casually Cosmo, hold these two giant ships together. Done. Uh and yes yeah, so, small asteroids. Yeah, exactly. Like. That's it. Uh and uh Craglin, who's the uh, James Gunn's brother from the first one, the the, the second in command of the Ravagers there, worked for Yondu. Uh, just is just sort of like, oh, you're a bad dog. And she's like, you take that back. You did not mean it. And like obsesses about it for the entire movie. The whole movie. <laughs> they're like, they're like, they're playing poker or whatever with like Howard the Duck and some other people. And they're just sort of like, Craglin said I was a bad dog. And she's just like bitching about it to like everyone. No, no. The, the bitching is great. <laughs> the Soviet Union took me, a dog, and put me into a capsule and shot me into space on an untested rocket, knowing that I would never return to Earth. And this was still better than him calling me a bad dog. <laughs> no one no one in the Soviet space program ever called me a bad dog. Yeah, bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cosmo was great. Uh, way, way, I, I watched Ant-Man last night, and I was like, Cosmo's a little bit way better than Modox, man. Way better than Modox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You watched Ant-Man, too? Yeah. That... Not only that, but even the villains. Like, man, High Evolutionary is High Evolutionary is way scarier. Oh yeah, than than Kang was. Oh yeah, High Evolutionary is like Ooh. a top tier villain. Like in terms of like gets a lot of screen time, well developed, and just an abomination. Well understood. Of a person. Hmm. You understand what he's doing, and you hate and what it. he's trying to do, and you hate it. Man, was he infuriating. Yeah, he's just like, he's trying to make like a perfect society and is just like evolving creatures and whatever else. But, and then is like, whenever they're like, well, there's a bit of a failure here, time to just, you know, commit some light genocide and blow up this planet that I built full of billions of creatures on to the next one. And he's like, I've done this every, every failure is what, this is what I do. Like design an entire society with like, like counter earth has like billions of people. And he's just like, on Time to the next to one. It. Time to destroy it. Failed experiment. Amazing. Off Amazing. we go. And and like I said, you, you, you get it. Like you understand what he's doing. It's it's eugenics. Sure. <laughs> you know, like basically evolutionary eugenics. And mm-hmm. is just a complete monster. And he's amazing. The actor is so good and just despicable. You're like your skin crawls every time he just speaks and talks. Like a plus and and has a, and has an off-screen death, so I really hope he returns. There's already people talking about yeah. uh, him replacing Kang and yeah and Phase Four. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And just kind of saying that like High Evolutionary is a Kang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, right? Like, there's infinite Kangs, so yep. they he could be a Kang. So you're just sort of like you don't even have to like retcon that much. You can just be like, oh yeah, he was a Kang all along. And then just just rock it because the actor knocks it out of the park. Like, cool. I I would. He's 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 obsessed and he's a megalomaniac and it comes across. <clears throat> it's great. Yeah. And yeah, I think like we should put it on. The... What? We should put it on the list. We could put Guardians on the list. It's better than Guardians yeah. Two. <laughs> Easily. Did you know they filmed it at the same time as the Christmas special? I mean, that makes sense. Sure. It, it does, but that's a lot of movie to film. Yeah. Because Volume 3 is over three hours long. Really? No. Yeah. That is a no, long no, time. No, it's two hours and 40. 
I think you were in the theater for more than three hours because of previews. Maybe, but man, it was real long. So, volume two, for the reference, is at number 39, and volume one is not on the list. That seems weird to me. Huh. Did we really never... I don't believe that for a second. How could that not be on the... I would put this into... I think it's... I'm looking at Ragnarok and Spider-Verse. That feels right. Like, Yeah. I think Spider-Verse is better. Mm, possibly. You see the mummy in the middle there? That movie was a great fucking movie. Yeah. Guardians 3 is very good. And it's like... Like, remember how you guys really enjoyed... Endgame for like tying up all the characters and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. th- this does oh, yeah, that yeah. on a smaller scale where it's like every single member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, the movie's clearly about Rocket, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, while it is still about Rocket, every other character gets like screen time, development time, growth, and a, pro- and a send off. Mm-hmm. The, this, I'll tell you, Keith, you were, you were choked up at the animal parts. The, the send off was just as. It's choking up for me. I was like, I don't like saying goodbye to these people. Yeah, I mean, like they're the best. They're the best crew in the Marvel yeah. universe, right? Like, and people were talking about that also. It was just like you were like, oh, like they they have them. The Guardians as characters have the most believable like interpersonal friendships. Yeah. Like you know, like like the Avengers are just together because they're the Avengers. Whereas you kind of get the impression that like the Guardians and are even like then, the ones that the ones that are friends in the Avengers. Like Cap and Falcon, they're yeah. friends because they they go jogging. Yeah, like you don't see like, them usually oh, like chilling okay. and like downtime and whatever. Whereas like you get yeah, the... the only time you, the only time you do is in the second one, where they get drunk and try to lift Thor's hammer. Yeah, that's about the, like whereas like Guardians has that's, and that's about it. Yeah, and you have all yeah. the different little pairs like like Mantis and Drax like, like a from the Christmas special, but even in this film like just as a duo. Mm-hmm. Are you're like oh yeah I believe these these two as like, like as other. as friends exactly like even and Nebula yeah. being like I am a shitty person but these are my friends <laughs> you know like Nebula was so good in this movie yeah <laughs> like so good in her like yeah I'm all in yeah but you're like you're like a raging bitch she's like that's besides the point we are going to go save Rocket yeah. And, and you completely buy it. There was no, like, yeah, plot I mean, device pushing her. I, like, I feel like when Thanos is your dad and Thanos, like, tortured you and turned you into a killing machine, like, there is baggage there that you are not a nice person. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you don't care about your friends. <laughs> like, Yeah, just the way the way that it was presented was like, yeah, no, I, I, I believe it. She... The only thing, really as, as with all Marvel movies, it seems, there's a, a pointless scene in the middle... This one was a little bit more palatable because it featured Nathan Fillion in a big goofy suit. <laughs> but like that entire sequence could have been cut from the film and doesn't matter. Like yes, <laughs> like much though. Though the I've got one of those guys too. Yeah. Oh, you got <laughs> very funny line. You have a dum dum. I've got one of those ones. I got one of those guys too. And that it, that it comes back. <laughs> yeah, I got one of them. I'm just like yeah, exactly. It it was funny, and but I was like as a scene in the film could have like as a sequence i should say of the film could have been cut entirely and the film would have stood stood on its own 
merit and didn't need that like 15 20 mm-hmm. minutes but it was just more palate palatable for due to nathan fillion reasons yeah um uh, i could say under the spider verse i think uh, like i think that's good with me too yeah i i don't like putting stuff on top of transformers the movie but i don't know it's it's oddly comparable yeah, I think like both both of them a science fiction romp that deals with some unexpected sadness. And I also say that like benefits heavily from the like established characters. Like a lot, like a lot of the hard work and like mm-hmm. the payoffs in Guardians Three are because these characters have been around for like two of their own movies plus a bunch the Infinity Wars and all that stuff. In the same way that like you already care about Optimus Prime because you've watched all the show. Like it's you and, you kind and of the reason that when Prime shows up for the first time to enter the battle, you're like, oh things are going to change now yeah yeah exactly that's it like you, you you some of you have some of that like creative work has happened for you yeah in uh in that uh, yeah the music is great the music is great yeah like like every every single track's a sing-along track including faith no more mm-hmm. <laughs> in the meantime space hog i was like yes yeah this is what I needed. I needed Space Hog and Guardians of the Galaxy together. The acoustic uh, acoustic it. version of Creep that Rocket's listening to in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's perfect. Oh. Like, like Rocket, like, thumbing yeah. through the Zune and just puts it, and you just hear, like, as, like, Radiohead's doing the acoustic version of Creep, and you just hear, like, Rocket kind of, like, mumble singing along to it as he, like, walks <laughs> through nowhere. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> I was like... And it's great, because it just, I- like... Oh, man. It explains... Like I said, it, it just... It also puts, I find, like... Again, when you talk about, like... Uh, like narrative weight behind things is you're just like oh like you always knew and it was like obviously like alluded to in the first film like like you knew Rocket had trauma right and it's like and yeah. that's why he's an asshole <laughs> you know and like that's why he doesn't want to get close to people so again though you're just sort of like you have like all of these films like four or five at this point counting the the Infinity Games of like Rocket being a shithead and now you're like Oh man, that poor guy. <laughs> like, yep. yeah, it's very, very good. Would would highly recommend John, even if you. I mean, I know you like I said I know you like Guardians One, and you were like man, Guardians yeah, yeah. Two. It also is, and I think this is uh, a big, big tip in its credit is like it's very concerned with wrapping up the Guardians trilogy and not like setting up anything else MCU related. Like, there's mm-hmm. no ties True. to anything else in the MCU they're not trying to like branch it into phase 5 or like put an interconnected stuff you're like no this is a guardian story there's no other characters there's no cameos from like Nick Fury or all the stuff whatever it's just like sure, 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 sure. like if you've seen Guardians 1 and 2 you can watch Guardians 3 you don't you don't need to know anything they don't even reference like the blip or the infinity war like other than obviously two of the characters are Thanos' daughters like Thanos sure, is referenced sure. by name but mm-hmm. it's like the actual events of the other films are not like driving it. Not like Ant Man. <laughs> except except for except for Nebula. You need to know what happened to Nebula. Well, why she's in the Guardians, but you that would be that's only dealing with Infinity War, right? Eh? Oh not not Nebula, uh, Gamora. You need to know what happened with Gamora. Oh yeah. Then that's it's not in a Guardians film. Too. That's that's an Infinity War yeah. situation. Yeah, so yeah, you do need to know yeah. that Gamora is not Gamora. It's another timeline Gamora. So that's I think mm-hmm. the only Okay. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, like, highly. Uh, like, we also we also didn't we didn't talk about the worst part of the movie, and that was a part I was like, "Ooh, this is an interesting casting. I wonder how this is going to be." And the answer is kind of bad. 
and that is Will Poulter's version of Adam Warlock. Ugh. And oh, I mean, and wor- worse because he's going to be around f- for more. Yep. I did not enjoy it, and I like Will Poulter. I do. I I do too. I like. I thought, oh, that's that's inspired casting. I'm 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 here for it, and he's whiny and shitty. <laughs> but I get, I mean, I think. So here's this is my my fan theory, is I feel that they put him in the the egg, of the, like in his cocoon, and mm-hmm. it was up to the rest of the MCU to like wake him up in time for Infinity War, and that kind of those plans got shuffled onto the back burner, and they were mm-hmm. like, oh crap, we technically still have Adam Warlock in a cocoon, with the Sovereign. Anyway, here he yep. is, like, <laughs> boop. Like he does, he feels kind of unnecessary in the film. Mm-hmm. Like could easily and bad could easily and have bad. been just unnecessary a, and bad. Yeah, could have just been any other type of goon that was hired by, uh, like working for High Evo. Could have been some sort of a evolved mm-hmm. creature, and it would have been fine. Like why make it Adam Warlock? And yeah, it was not great. It, it could have been Terax. It could have been Star Lord. It could have been any of the other space bad guys star lord <laughs> not star lord star fire fire lord star bolt the the fiery galactus herald what a, yeah oh yeah one of them but yeah but uh-huh. i mean just he just could have yeah. he could have just been some like if they really wanted to they could have dug up some other like that guy and just been like Kaivo evolved him and now he works mm-hmm. for him <laughs> just any other guy but like it's Adam Warlock who is like a very specific type of character, and he was tonally weird and like. I mean, I know that he's like, he's, yeah, yeah. He's like the 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 teenager that's only two years old. Yeah, which was just huh. bizarre. Just a wild wild take. And I mean, I guess they'll they'll get a second crack at it though. So. Because he seems to be set up to be in another movie. Yeah. We'll see how he goes. Yeah, no, very forgettable Adam Warlock, and for kind of no reason. Yeah. But otherwise, Thanks. real good. Um, yeah, a little, little speed bump in an otherwise great movie. Yeah. And and like I said, it, it's not about him, so it's he, he just... It's, it's like a bummer that he just takes on, like, it, it, literally that character would be fine. If it wasn't Adam Warlock, yeah, like if it was just like a sovereign, or what the, the the sovereign is that right? That's the species. Yeah, yeah. If it was just like a sovereign warrior named Tim, <laughs> like it would have been fine. But you're like, no, guys, this is Adam Warlock, and you're like, is it though? <laughs> is this it's, anything? Doesn't doesn't seem like Adam Warlock. Yeah, and and everyone's character is someone's favorite character. So if your guy is Adam Warlock and you went to see that movie at a bad time. Yeah. yeah. True. That is true. Like, I've, I've got all the stuff from the 70s. Oh, man, I've been reading them since Roy Thomas created them. And let's, let's go. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I guess, like, were they feeling too cocky because of the, like, like you were talking about last week on the show, like, the Dave Batista Drax, like, reinvented Drax, and now that is the yeah. Drax in the comics. So do you think it was, like, cockiness to be like, this is who Adam Warlock is now. I'm revitalizing him. I think it was... No, I think it was... James Gunn wrote a character, and he didn't expect it or understand that that was how it was going to come off. 
Mm. Could have been Sentry. Could have been Sentry. Sentry's a big dum dum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it could have been anything. It could have been Annihilus hmm. from the Fantastic Four. Like it could have been anything. Just they made a weird. It was a weird choice. Weird choice. And I, I don't think he wrote it to to be to have come off so incredibly unlikable mm-hmm. that even the redemption at the end doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, fine, you start redeeming yourself, but you, you started all of this. Well, he didn't really start all of it, to be fair. I mean, he did. I mean, we'll get try to avoid spoilers, but, like, again, Evo would have done it with or without them, right? Like, he had he had contingencies. Mm. It was just... That was just one of the plans. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I also watched Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man was, was wild, right? Like, it was, it was, it was okay. I, I can understand a lot of the gripes. Like, first of all, it's a lot of CG, and it's a lot of green screen. Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. lot of scenes where m- my brain does, even if they were, does not think that the actors were even in the same room. There's a lot of, like, yep. weird cuts that, like, kind of doing that, like, Sin City thing, which, like, sort of works in Sin City because it was always comic-framed. But, like, doesn't this... Like, I literally didn't believe that a lot of characters were in the same room. Mm-hmm. In addition to also being clearly on a green screen. That sounds pretty awful. Aren't these... I mean, it, it's... it it's uh, The way I'm saying it implies that it John, looks bad. It doesn't look you would bad. Hate it. You would John absolutely would hate, hate it. it. You would yeah, hate probably. it so much. Yeah, I, I don't think you would enjoy it at all. But, like, it doesn't look bad. Like, the actual animation and stuff looks... Everything looks good. There's a ton of people in practical, like, Star Wars-style costumes that all looks great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that there's... I I really think it might have been, like, a COVID shoot situation that with various people who were coming in for various times, I think that they had to shoot around people's availabilities and stuff, probably because of COVID protocols. So it might have not even been, like, a plan A was to look this jarring. Like, that Bill Murray scene, I do not think Bill Murray was ever with the cast. Like, possibly, yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I don't think he's ever, like, other, like, there's one scene where he's standing next to, what's her name? I, I heard he was terrible, or, or at least just, like, not that amusing. He's pretty amusing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I did not find it amusing at all. I mean, he was fine. I thought it was, like, a cheap knockoff of what he did in Zombieland. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 what I heard. I, I didn't want to say too much. I ain't seen this, but yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, no, it's not I, great. I, yeah, I did. I didn't like it. Yeah, it, and, he, and he added it nothing, was, and and kind of took away from the tone of the movie. He shows up at a time where things are serious, and they're they're stuck, and people and they're split up, and they just sit there and they listen to him, Bill Murray for five minutes. And you're like, I don't. I don't get it. What are they? What are they building to here? And the answer is nothing. They're building to nothing. And and the big the big bummer about Modok is that his his the initial introduction is amazing. Yep, with the like shield. The initial, though. When he, when he just when he comes in and there's like because 
So his, his face is shielded. Well, yeah, the face is shielded, but also like the quick close-ups of like chainsaw and like laser whip and like those like weird like '80s style like like you know like the weird like angled zoom on like just the mm-hmm. chainsaw whirring like mm-hmm. like it does that on like each of his limbs as he's like zooming around with his little like stupid little legs dangling on his flying chair and then and then he it gets dumb it gets dumb and stupid and it turns out to be Hornet. <laughs> Hornet yellow jacket. Yellow, yellow jacket. jacket. Yeah, yeah, from the, the the another like another Ant Man bad guy that uh, Kang decided to give him a big head and make him a mechanical organism designed only for killing. At, cool. at the end of the first Ant Man movie, the the bad guy got hit with a, a shrinking. He gets zoomed, thing and he zoomed gets into the quantum realm. Zoomed in. Mm-hmm. And so Scott, I was not paying all the way attention to Ant Man three, but mm-hmm. the so the the point is is that Michelle Pfeiffer is yep. sent to the quantum realm, and she's all alone. Janet Van Dyne. Janet Van Dyne. And then Kang gets sent to the mm-hmm. quantum realm, and then is all alone. But now there's a bunch of people in the quantum realm. Do they ever explain why there's a bunch of people? Like, people or citizens? Citizens. I'm not saying humans. I'm saying, like, like, like were there always them, and they just did, they, yeah. they were there for, like, years and years, and only right at the end did they encounter the other ones? Yes. Because they built the ship. So they yes. were just in an abandoned part of it and because yeah, they built they were, the ship. Okay. They were in the Himalayas or whatever. The deepest, darkest jungle. Okay. That, that, that was not super clear to me. It's because they were always like, it's empty, it's empty. And they're like, ha there's actually civilizations here. Yeah. And, and I was like, did I'm I like, miss that, that little bit? Kang was okay <laughs> in that movie. I didn't, I didn't hate him. Like well, what I did like about it is that it was kind of another, like he's not the worst one. Yeah, right. Like that that part I did enjoy of the performance. Like he's pretty bad, but like certainly the, like what the the takeaway was that this isn't the worst Kang. Yeah, right. So that I, I kind of like that in terms of a like a method oh. of escalation is like he was a functional bad guy in this film. And it was like well performed by Jonathan Majors, and f- what less we say about that, I guess the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, but, I, but I felt I felt like he gave that that honorable deal. Yeah, to her, and I, I did believe it. I believe I believe that he would have upheld his his part of the bargain. Yeah, like I, if you let me free, I will destroy all of the universes, except I'll for sleep yours. yours alone. I don't I don't need to destroy yours. I'm going to be busy. There'll be a whole bunch of other ones, mm-hmm. and I'll do that because you helped me. Yeah, and I, and like I said, in his so like the setup for this, John, is that so this Kang was exiled by the other Kangs into the quantum realm because like his designs were to conquer everything because he saw a future where the Kangs in fighting like destroyed reality altogether. Huh. So he was like, if I win. And I'm the last Kang, like reality, like overall, like even though it's like untold destruction, like reality will pers- like it will not be the end of all things, right? So, like again, absolute bad guy stuff for sure. But like that was the like that was like, and he was enough of a threat that the other Kangs were like, get out of here, you, and like exiled him. So, but he's like, he's like, I've seen it. I saw the end of all. Like I saw the end of the multiverse, and it's because of us. So that's why I need to win, which right. is also like what the other Kang did in Loki was 
the like maintained a single timeline so that there wouldn't be multiple Kangs, right? So it's like certain Kangs do seem to, you know, try not to like have have like broader plans than just conquering their own universes. They have like other ideas. So yeah. that's that's the setup for Ant Man is that this Kang is not the worst Kang. <clears throat> And inadvertently, I mean, I guess at the end of Ant Man, they're kind of like, wait a second. Like, even like Paul Rezzle's internal mm-hmm. monologue was like, wait a second. He said it would be way worse if we stopped him. And we stopped him. Did we do the right thing here? And he's like, huh. I mean, probably. <laughs> and he just like keeps walking. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Paul Rudd was the only thing that was like dragging that movie forward. Mm-hmm. And 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 again to the to to go back to Guardians Volume Three, I didn't care about any of the interpersonal relationships between the family as much as I cared about the interpersonal relationships among the Guardians. You're like you're dealing with mm-hmm. like a husband, like a, two a husband and wife, a guy and his girlfriend, and the guy's daughter. So there should be like tight relationships and bonds between all these characters. And I was yep. like, it didn't didn't take the time to make me care about those relationships. And it was just like, you should care about. Uh, Wasp because he she loves Ant Man and did not show me anything to like convince me of that relationship. Yep. Anyway, Ant Man three was fine. Yeah. I mean, it did Ant Man ever really deliver? Yeah, that first movie was great. It was all right. It was all it was right. Great. It was exactly what it should have been. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's it's a hero who shrinks down to small size, talks to ants, and. You know, they have their final battle on a toy train set. It's, it's yeah. perfect. I did like the Kang not recognizing Ant-Man. Because he was like, they, he's like, I'm an Avenger. And he's like, which one? I've killed <laughs> so many Avengers across so many timelines. Like, like, I really don't. He's like, are you the one with the hammer? The hammer. <laughs> he's like, like, I was like, I just love, like, how how just unfazed by, like, I'm an Avenger. Kang is like... Yeah, I, you know how many every reality has Avengers, and I've conquered several of them already. Like, I've killed you guys a bunch. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I think this brings us to the 90s. We talked about Disney World, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and Ant Man Three. Yeah, I guess that's why we're not voting for Ron DeSantis. We <laughs> <laughs> have shown our allegiances. Marvel and D- Disney vote, vote, vote Bob Iger 2024. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy who's like, I don't need to take a demotion. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. 
If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.